It's finally here. Happy opening day. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report presented by Kroger, the podcast that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black at our AJC Podcast Studios with our beat reporter Justin Toscano. And by the time you'll hear this, he'll be in Washington, D.C. for the lid lifter today against the Nationals. And just in the anticipation and the excitement for this team is as high as I can remember. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, anytime you win 101 games after winning a World Series and you sustain that, there's going to be a ton of excitement. Not only did the Braves win it all in 21, but they followed it up in 22 with a team that was better than that. And in 23, they look like, on paper, a better team than either of those years, and they've sustained it with all the extensions. Fans know that these players are going to be here for a while, um, and all of that contributes. You see a lot of markets around baseball where the optimism is only high because everybody is zero and zero right now this is not one of them this team has actual world series aspirations uh and the roster to make those realistic all right coming up is it world series or bust for the braves in 2023 max freed will explain how he handles opening day and justin's got a great clubhouse conversation with matt olson this is your first time listening to the show well welcome aboard as we start the season and please go ahead and make sure you follow us on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode this is the braves report from the atlanta journal constitution presented by kroger and kroger has you covered for easter dinner with family with easy easter bundles from home chef mix and match meals including ham quiche or turkey plus sides starting at 40 bucks please see a deli associate for additional details Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, well, Justin, here we are. The endless spring training has finally ended. And now that the roster is ready, I want to start with the most important question. Is this team better today than the one we saw last October in Philadelphia? Oh. Uh, it's it's close. Um, I think so. Just because, Let's. I mean, let's go through it. The biggest issue I'm having in breaking this down is how do I quantify the addition of Sean Murphy versus the loss of Dansby Swanson? Right. Uh, because I don't know what Orlando Arcee is going to be. On the other hand, does anybody really expect, did anybody really expect the Braves shortstop in 23 to have a five-win season as Dansby Swanson did? I don't think so. I don't think that's realistic, especially because Dansby was never the offensive player that he was through a few months last year. Um, I think they are better. And I'll tell you why. I really like that addition of Sean Murphy at one of the game's best catchers. I think Orlando RC is going to give you solid, playable, even good defense uh, at short there. You lose Dansby Swanson, but you have another year of experience for Austin Riley, Michael Harris, you know, Ronald Acuna. We expect him to be better this year. That's a big boost that the Braves did not have down the stretch last year. Um, I think if Joe Jimenez keeps ticking up velocity wise, the Braves' bullpen is probably better. Um, and that's, you know, if everybody's healthy, Rice Iglesias right now is not. 
Um, but just swap him out for Kenley Jansen. And I, I like the bullpen. And I think the rotation. Now Spencer Strider's had a full year under his belt. He's going to have a full year as a starter. I think Eddie Rosario, there seems to be a lot of optimism there. I think this team is deeper. Uh, I think they've had the stars that they've always had, but I think they're deeper. And I think they're better because there is optimism surrounding, you know, Matt Olson with his good spring. Eddie Rosario being back to full vision. Ronald Acuna not having to rehab that torn ACL. Um, I think there's a lot here that you could say, yeah, this this team has a stars, but they've also got the depth and it's well-rounded enough to say that it's probably a smidge better than last year. Now, you went there in your five storylines piece, which you can find on AJC.com or down in the show notes. World Series or bust was one of your sub-headlines. That's kind of the stakes we're at now, huh? Yeah, yeah, I know. And I explained it in there that I hate that moniker. I really do because I feel like we're on some stupid debate show when we talk about that, <laughs> and you and I are just going to scream at each other for thirty minutes. And we may have a stupid gonna... we we may have a stupid show, but it's not a stupid debate show. So we got that going for us. <laughs> there you go. And we don't scream at each other for no, thirty minutes. We we, uh, we scream at our mics. No, <laughs> I think that's what where the Braves have been. And, and look, Brian Snicker alluded to this. I asked him. The when the season ended in Philadelphia that day after Snicker and Anthopoulos sat on Zoom with us um, answering questions. And I asked Brian Snicker, you know, I asked both of them, you know, I said people in Atlanta, you guys had a great season, but people almost wanted more. They were sad. They were upset. They were disappointed. I asked them if that's almost a positive you can take from things that people care this much. And and I remember Snicker said that, you know, he was telling Austin Riley that they've done a ton of work to raise the bar that high and to set the bar so high and to make expectations where people expect you to be in the NLCS or the World Series, expect to win the World Series. Now, look, World Series are bust. As I laid out in that story, it's always difficult for me to label something that because the postseason is a crapshoot in a lot of ways. We saw it with the Phillies. We've seen it in previous seasons with other teams. Um, Heck, we saw it in 21 with the Braves, who definitely were not the best team in that po- you know entering that postseason they were just the hottest team um and they became the best team so it's hard to label things like world series or bust but were Braves fans understanding after the team lost in Philadelphia no like they were disappointed they expected more and I think that's what you're getting to these days is with the team of stars and you know you've got young controllable pieces that you have for years to come um, and a good pipeline from the minors of prospects who are impacting the big league club, fans expect a lot and they expect more. And I honestly think that when you enter the season with a roster like this one, fans do have World Series aspirations. If Houston wouldn't have won last year, it would have been the same story. World Series or bust. The Braves are there. They have on paper arguably the best roster in baseball along with Houston. Um, and along with San Diego and a couple of these other teams that people are talking about, they are one of those teams that, yeah, realistically, Jay, like it's hard to say World Series are bust because it's so unpredictable in October. We see it in baseball every year. It's so difficult to win a World Series. And that's why there haven't been any repeat champions, you know, in over 20 years. But the Braves on paper, yeah, or World Series are bust because they are that good. Like they are one of those teams that are a legit contender. 
It is hard to be a legit contender, though, if you do not have a steady man at the top of the rotation. So let's lead off with the guy who's getting the ball first today. That'll be Max Freed. And, you know, the Braves have a long list of stars now, but we really haven't talked much about Max Freed. A lot of people don't talk that much about Max Freed. Does he get a little overlooked? Is he a little underrated? I think so. I think everybody knows how good he is, but the fact that he is in a storyline is probably a good thing. Uh, we talked to him at the beginning of the spring about the extension, about arbitration, you know, no major news there. Uh, he kind of not shut those things down, but did a good job of handling them. So there, there were no stories and he hasn't been a distraction. Nothing with him has been a distraction and he hasn't had mechanical issues. He hasn't had velocity issues. I know a game against Puerto Rico, uh, the World Baseball Classic team isn't counted in these stats, but Max Fried's ERA this spring in Grapefruit League play. 0.00. There's been nothing to talk about. He's been good. He's looked really good. He looked incredible in Fort Myers when they had to send him out for a seventh inning just so (laughs) he could reach his pitch count, uh, which you you do not see very often uh, in spring training. But I think it's a good thing that we haven't talked much about Max Freed. That means there's been no injuries, knock on wood, no underperformance in spring. He, he is ready to go, but I do think he does get overlooked. Like, I honestly have a very strict definition of aces, uh, as we've talked about from day one on this podcast. But, I mean, he's reaching that level, man. I mean, he's almost there. He's that one. I mean, he's a guy that every five days he goes out and makes it really, really, really tough on the other team. Uh, and he, yeah, he might be a little bit of the forgotten one because you talk about all the extensions, all the stars they have, the star power in the lineup. And oh, by the way, Max Fried just goes out and gives you six scoreless, you know, every five days or one run over six innings, over seven innings. I, he just doesn't. It's probably a good thing that we don't talk about him as much, you know, as we should. Second of the Cy Young, so obviously he's going to get the ball here to begin the season. And you did ask him a couple of questions after learning he will be the opening day starter. What does it mean to you? Uh, you know, it's it's it is an honor. Um, you know, being being chosen to start off the season, and I want to be able to make sure we start off on the right foot and um you know it's just one of it's game one of 162 though so you know obviously it's a an extreme honor to go out there and you know pitch on opening day but that's you know, a lot longer than just game one after all the work you've put in throughout your career help does it feel when fans refer to you as one of the best starting pitchers in baseball to know your thoughts oh it's way. i mean i still feel like there's so many great guys and you know, we have a lot of good guys on this team that that are worthy of uh, you know that kind of praise. But um, you know, I try not to think too much about it. Just mostly, just go out there and just try to be the best version of myself. Not try to compare myself to other people. Just um, you know, I have one job, and that's to take the ball on my day to pitch and try to win a game. So I know I say it over and over again, but as as long as I keep that mentality, as simple as that is, it. It helps me kind of just put me down the right path. And how much different is opening day compared to the rest of the season? Uh, I think it's different. Uh, you know, you're, it's the first time that you've pitched since the season before. You know, new season, new beginnings, just new team. Uh, I think there's just a lot of, I don't know if nervous energy, but just like excitement. I would say just more excitement about going into the season. You know, we've been here for six weeks. Everyone's kind of just ready to get on the road and start the normal routine of season. So I think there's just that that excitement of getting started and starting a new year. 
Freed was dominant in spring training. But in our NLA's preview show on Wednesday, which you can go back and listen to in this feed if you got the time, Justin, you took Spencer Strider for NL Cy Young. So what are your expectations for Max this year? Can he repeat last year? Yeah, I think he can repeat last year, and I even think he can exceed it. I think he can win a Cy Young for sure. He's got the nasty stuff, but he's also got that bulldog mentality. And I think when you watched, at least from afar for me, because I didn't cover him before last year, when I watched Max Freed early in his career, like he looked a little, I don't want to say passive, but he was, to me, seemed a tad more subdued and a little more chill. And I think he's got that edge to him now. At least it looks like the last few year, couple years, few years, he's got like the, a bulldog edge to him or you just see it more on the mound where he competes, man. And he's tough. Like when he's on, you know, the other side, like I, I think you can legitimately say, I don't know if there's another pitcher you'd want on this brave staff pitching a winner go home game, you know, a deciding game than Max Freed just because of how he competes. I mean, I took Spencer Strider because of all the strikeouts and the disgusting stuff, and he's just so hard to string together hits and thus runs on. But I think Max can really match and exceed last year. Uh, I think there's room, especially because he's going to be leading that rotation. He's a guy who's shown, you know, he can stay healthy. Um, I, it's almost like, a sign we're not talking about max that much because i just think he can you know there, he can match that and he can't exceed it <laughs> it's almost like not a question to me so much so that we've forgotten to mention him a lot of the spring fan using fan graphs war the braves have the fourth best projected rotation in the national league behind the mets brewers and phillies you okay with that yeah yeah i think so i mean i think i think it could go either way um in that five storylines piece, I kind of laid out too, like, can this team be a top five pitching staff? Like within that, yeah, the rotation has Max Fried and Spencer Strider. I feel really good about those guys. feel pretty good about Kyle Wright. Can Charlie Morton bounce back? Can Jared Schuster or Dylan Dodd or the both of them be really good for this team? There are questions with the Braves rotation, but I think there are a couple sure bets with Max Fried and Spencer Strider. And really, do we know anything going into a baseball season? We don't know what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, um, who it's going to happen to. Uh, but I, I, I like that. I mean, I, th- I think I'm okay with that. Um, you said the Phillies were fourth there? About uh, third, but just in front of the third. Braves. Yeah, that, that, that surprises me a little bit, um, even though they do have those two horses at the top, and I'm sure that accounts for most of it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm fine with the Braves at, at four. I think that, you know, with the way the Braves can score, being a top four rotation would mean a lot of success. I'm not saying that those lineup guys are all going to be clicking at the same time. That never happens. But if the Braves can just give them a shot, the Braves pitching can just give them a shot. They're going to win a lot of games. Um, the Braves they would have to be concerned if they were one of those teams with a stellar lineup and a very mediocre pitching staff. That doesn't seem like it'll be the case. They should be really good. And speaking of that lineup coming up, we'll take a look at how Brian Snicker could run him out there today and for the rest of the season. Plus, we have a clubhouse conversation with Matt Olson. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger. What's so great about being a Kroger Boost member? Free delivery on the Kroger products you love and more rewards, too like double fuel points on everything you buy. Experience a new level of membership, starting as low as $59 a year with Boost by Kroger Plus. 
Learn more at Kroger.com today. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, we've been telling you all uh, off-season, all-spring training that the only way to max out your Braves coverage and in your enjoyment is to become a subscriber to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution because that provides you a wealth of content that you can't get anywhere else. And we've been telling you that we have a special deal running right now for listeners to this podcast. You get unlimited digital access to the AJC for the next six months for 99 cents. That gives you everything Justin writes, all of our Braves coverage, our columnists, our sports coverage, breaking news, Dining, investigations, you get it all. Our newsletters, our e-paper, et cetera, et cetera. But that deal's going to run out on March the 31st, so this is your last chance to take advantage of it. Basically load up for baseball season, unlimited digital access to the AJC for the next six months for 99 cents. Go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. Now, as we record this, we do not know the lineup for opening day, but Justin, based on what you saw this spring, how do you think Snit's going to run him out there to start? Oh, man. Yeah, this is tough uh, because the Braves actually always had moving parts in their lineups this spring, whether it needed to be like, you know, getting Travis Darno at bats and catching guys for Sean Murphy. I'm going to give an educated guess. All right. First, I'm going to go leading off Ronald Acuna. Then Matt Olson. He's hit him second all spring. Uh, Austin Riley, that tandem has been two and three all spring. Fourth, I'm going to go Marcelo Zuna because he's just been hitting cleanup most of the spring. I have no other – Snick can change his lineups a lot, but I have no other basis. So I'm going to go Acuna, Olsen, Riley, Ozuna, Harris, Albies, and then I'll go Murphy, and then I'll go Rosario. I almost flipped those two, but in front of Orlando Arcia, I would go left-right to end the lineup with – uh uh, Rosario and Arcia, or else I'd have Rosario seventh because he's swinging it pretty well. So to recap, I'm going to go Acuna, Olsen, Riley, Ozuna, Harris, Albies, Sean Murphy, Eddie Rosario, and Orlando Arcia. Um, and then Max Freed will get the ball, although Max Freed probably still wishes that he were in that nine spot hitting. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he does, but that is... Um... There's a lot going on there, and one thing that uh, clearly worked uh, in spring training is Matt Olson hitting second. Had one of the hottest runs of any player this February and March, and you had a chance to spend a few minutes with him uh, before everybody left in Northport, Florida, and he kind of looks like a new man. So here's Justin with Braves first baseman, Matt Olson. Does it look like a beach ball out there this spring, or what, <laughs> what do you think's been going on? Uh, no, you know, I mean, it's it's always good to, to come out and see some success early, but... Um, you know, really, whether it's it's going good or bad, it's just the process of spring and you know trying to see different pitches, get some at bats under your belt, and try to get some rhythm in the plate. So, um, yeah, it's good when success is happening, but there's a lot of factors, uh, some some wind blowing out days, and um, you know you're not seeing, uh, you know you're seeing some different guys too, and, and you know they're out there working on stuff too, it might not be the sharpest as well. So. Um, 
like I said, good to have the success, but uh, really just about the, the spring training process. In what ways have you fine-tuned maybe your spring process and your routine from like when you came into the league to now? Like, what are the things that you found that really help you? Um, well, personally, I like to get as many at bats as possible. Um, you know, when I first started being a starter and, and kind of on that one-off, one-off or one-on, one-off uh, deal, I would I would not get at bats on second day, especially early on. And, uh, you know, I've, I've learned I like to get more at-bats on those days that I'm off, whether it's a live or, you know, going hitting machine for a little bit, um, to kind of simulate it just to speed up the process. And, um, you know, that I, I think early on I also took it as like a, uh, trying to see pitches to, you know, thinking that would help me get in the rhythm. And um, what I've found is that it's, you know, I, I'm better when I show up and it's treated like a real at-bat. So, you know, there was times where I'd be like, all right, I'm taking the first pitch of, of every at-bat today to try to get going and find myself in bad counts and then feel bad afterwards. Like, well, I put myself in a hole. Um, you know, even though it's early on we're just starting up, you got to treat an at-bat like an at-bat. And uh, I found that helpful. Is that because you found that you weren't getting, like, the good work, you know, the full work in, I guess, if you're not treating it like a regular bat? Yeah, I mean, I just... It, I don't do that during the season, you know. I'm, I'm you got to be on every pitch. Um, these guys are pretty good, so uh, you can't really give them any. And um, I think when I was younger, I kind of thought that's what the older guys did, or came in and you know they they had the job, so they had the luxury to to see some pitches and and kind of work counts. But um, for me personally, that's just not the way I like to approach it. It seems like when you're going well, you're using kind of the middle of the field and have that approach. Has that been the case this spring that that's kind of felt good for you? Yeah, I've, I've put a little more emphasis on it um, as far as as far as cage work and BP. Um, and, uh, you know, I, for me, I, I when I when I get out of whack, my my first thing I want to do is I want to make sure I can, you know, get to the inside pitch easy and, and and try to you know that's that's like my bread and butter is, is full side elevated that's like when things are going right but it's almost backwards where i have to feel comfortable going that way so i don't feel rushed to that pitch i don't know if right. that made sense what i just a, said i, a, I a little, it a little yeah. jumbled in my head but um when i when i have the the emphasis of being to that big part of the field like you said it, i'm able to know have have the the space and the swing to just react in and does it feel like when you're kind of toward that bigger part of the field does it feel like you have a lot more time to see pitches a little bit see them like come in and see them through instead of yeah i mean you know definitely in theory that's the way it is um i think a lot of it is is based off how your swing is um you know i had a line drive to the the third baseman yesterday in, in fort myers and i was trying to be more on off speed and it was a fastball and I was able to be late and on it. And a lot of that is where your swing is at to be able to be in the zone long enough. But that feeling is like the feeling that I look for. When when you're not on time and able to get a barrel on it is normally like one of the best signs as a hitter. Right. Kind of going through the middle, like for somebody like me who's never hit at a high level, can you explain that maybe in like simple terms, like how you like try to execute that approach? I guess like how you take it from like, I don't know if that makes sense, but like using the big part of the, like how is that something you try to, I guess like apply or? Um, yeah, I mean it's 
anything anything approach wise you can't necessarily force when the game starts you know um i think it's you put an extra little emphasis on it uh in work and and like i said the the swing will dictate a lot of your ability to to be able to you know have that good approach. Sure, that's I mean it's a great approach, but if my barrel's dropping, I I can't work that way. Okay, it's, that it's not going to happen. Um, so it's it's the perfect approach to to be in the middle of the field, but the swing also has to be in a spot to where you can allow yourself to do it and to where you give yourself enough time. I guess yeah. to do it. Um, we've always seen you as, you know, one of the first best first basemen in baseball. Are you someone who's always who's seen yourself as somebody who can win an MVP someday? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I think every player has to step out on that field and, and have that confidence. Um, I, I've never <laughs> been too bogged down in, in chasing that kind of stuff. Um, it would be, uh, <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. Um, I think I'm very much capable of it, uh, but. I, uh, I'm more of the let the let the cards fall and, and go one game at a time and see where we're at there. Cool. So, Thank you, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. I just love all the detailed hitting conversations that you get uh, when you get to talk to these guys. And, and I don't, you know, I don't really think it's too far out of the realm of possibility for Olsen to be an MVP candidate. Then you look at the lineup and there's a multiverse where Rod Lacuna wins MVP, Austin Riley wins MVP, Michael Harris wins MVP, and that's like half the lineup. <laughs> yeah, I. I can't decide if it will help each Braves player's case to win MVP, you know, if it's a strength that they're around so many other good hitters, or if it's going to detract from it because you're going to be like, hey, why is Matt Olson so impressive? Look at what Austin Riley did, and look at what Ronald Acuna did. No, I, I do think that Matt Olson can win an MVP. I think the big thing for him, too, is this. Um, and I think I mentioned this on a couple podcasts earlier. Last year, Matt Olson had to come into spring. He was sat down by A's general manager, David Forrest, one day, you know, and, and was told basically, hey, you know, we've almost got a deal done to trade you. You might be gone. I'll let you know when it's official. And then he had to rush all the way to Northport. He does the extension, the extension press conference, and then he hops into baseball. Oh, by the way, when he's got us around, media, all these, you know, other distractions. Matt Olson's been all about baseball this spring. Uh, and he tried to be last year, but as he looked back at last season and the eight months of it, he realized, man, there was just a lot that went on from all of that to Freddie Freeman, you know, um, all that stuff. This year, Matt Olson can just play baseball and he can just focus on baseball. And he looks really, really good. The big thing, I think, is his approach. Uh, staying to the middle of the field, the emphasis on that. But as he mentioned in that interview, doesn't matter if the swing's not there. Um, and the swing for him, you know, ha- has been there this spring. He looks really good. I know he took the humble route saying that <laughs> the wind's blowing out a couple days. Sometimes you're facing minor leaguers. Other times you're facing guys who are just working on things. He's looked really, really good. We've seen it where spring isn't a precursor or a foreshadow of what's to come. But I think, Jay, I think Matt Olson is a guy that, you know, could really win an MVP. And... I think, I think the conversation about around Matt Olson is a little skewed. I get that he slumped last year. I understand, you know, at the end of last year, I understand that Freddie Freeman had a great year, and people are comparing the two of them. But wouldn't you take uh, an 802 OPS and 103 RBIs and 34 homers on a down season from your first baseman? That'll that'll play. 
Yeah, that's, that's uh, play just fine. Yeah, yeah, I can uh, I can hook you up with twenty five other teams that would kill for that. Even if he hit two forty, even if the OPS was only eight oh two, um, a little lower than usual for him. I'll uh, I think the Braves will take it. All right, quick opening day version of our Ask Justin segment where we answer Braves fans' questions on Twitter at Justin C. Toscano. All right, leading off, Stephen, did the team fly to D.C. from Florida or do they stop in Atlanta first? I think it was from uh, from Florida, is my understanding. But they just they just flew there, which, you know, RIP to the, the PR guys, the staffers, you know, and the players too, but everybody who left their homes and their wives or their significant others and their kids and their families on – February 8th, February 9th, February 10th, and is not going to get home until almost April 10th. Nice. Uh, next up from Austin Gwynn. Did you get a sense of resentment or resignation from any of the guys that were fighting for the jobs and had good springs like Grissom, White, Luplo, Walsh, you make, et cetera, yet were not part of the opening day roster due to having options left or to maximize depth? Uh, no, and that's, I mean, could there be resentment? Sure, but I, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, I know... A couple guys were, were pretty surprised uh, down the stretch of, you know, the options. Um, and I won't get too much into that, but I know there were a couple guys who were pretty surprised at what happened. But I know, like, in some guys' cases, it works out, right? Like, Eli White came into camp knowing that he had options. Uh, and somebody he was competing with, Sam Hilliard, did not. Uh, for Jordan Luplo, I mean, he's, you know, he came into camp with an oblique strain. It's going to be a good thing for Jordan Luplo to go down to AAA and to try to get hot because if he were trying to work his way back from this oblique thing and they put him on the opening day roster, well, he's relegated to basically only a bench role. There's not much of a ceiling for him until he gets going. This way he can really get going in AAA and then when he comes up, he's probably in better standing. I mean, I, I assume, you know, there had, you know, there was some, some, some surprise for a couple guys, but no, you know, super you know resentment i think it all worked itself out uh as we look at it last one from laniel makudu has dylan lee's velocity worried anyone also is strider a tick behind right now um i don't think so i mean there's been no talk about it, at least when we've asked snit uh about dylan um and that hasn't been frequently so there are there's always so much to cover in spring that being completely honest and transparent like you're always going to miss a couple things so it's not like i have hundred percent of the things I've asked about or um, whatnot. I think Strider is fine though. Um, Cause even earlier in the spring, his velo was kind of like that. I mean, but it was, he was still hitting a hundred for him. I think it's more like not going max effort every pitch. All right. So that's where we will leave it. Let's kick it off, buddy. Yep. Yep. Let's do it. Finally, it's uh, finally they count. And um, man, you know, we'll, we'll see last our season on this podcast ended in a visiting radio booth in Philadelphia in the middle of October, and uh, we'll see how it is this year. So we'll uh, wrap up our opening week extravaganza on uh, Friday. I'll have a quick recap uh, for you, Justin's observations from day one in uh, Washington, and that's when we will see you again. Uh, by the way, uh, we have a lot of a lot of shows this week. If you have not heard them, Justin's great interview with the new TV voice of the Braves, Brandon Gordon's there. Uh, Gabe Burns joined us on Wednesday to give you the full rundown of the National League East and the rest of the league. So we've had a lot of good content this week, had a lot of fun doing it. Hope you can uh, listen to everything that you've missed, and we will see you again on Friday after opening day on the Braves Report for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, 
look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.